Hey guys, what's up? This is Lizzie Jean, and you're tuning in to another episode of the EXO Podcast. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Figure at Forbidden Kingdom Music Festival. We got to catch up, what's been going on over quarantine, and what is up next for the project itself. Super hype to see him back playing shows on the road, doing what he loves. I loved getting an insight about where he lives, where he creates his music, and so much more. Lots of great pieces of advice for up-and-coming music producers and artists themselves, independent releasing versus label releasing, and much more. Don't forget, you get exclusive first looks to this podcast, ad-free episodes on my Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane. Thank you so much to Rockstar Energy for sponsoring this episode at Forbidden Kingdom. And without further ado, this is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning in to the XO Podcast. Josh, how are you doing? Pretty good. Good. Pretty good. We're coming uh, live from Forbidden Kingdom. It's uh, currently thunderstorming outside. Yes. You know, hopefully Thank we God. get... Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's the heat going? Look, there's your thunder. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. I literally said, I hope it thunders during the interview. It's it's just on brand. It is on I brand. I guess, yeah. 30 seconds later. Yeah. You had a new track drop today. Yes. Hype for that? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's like a random track. That's cool. But I've been playing it in sets, and it's awesome. cool. Sweet. So, Are you going to play it tonight in your set? Maybe. Maybe. It's more of a thing for my own set type shit. It's okay. kind of hard, might be kind of hard yeah. to work in. But, uh, That's yeah. Awesome. I do that during the year, like, um, when I'm not doing, like, the monster stuff. Yeah. During the middle of the year is always, like, sci-fi stuff for, like... Kind of more nerdy shit. I don't no, know, I I don't know how to explain it. It's just more me not being spooky and making... Off Halloween season, almost. Yeah, it's, it's always like, Halloween season for me, but okay. I can't drill it into people's faces all year round. I understand that. Because then Halloween won't be that special if, like, I, I'm I always totally doing it. That. Yeah. I mean, it was nice for your first show back at Ritz to have yeah. the Terrorvision visuals. Yeah, yeah. And, and it must have felt nice after, like, you've been a touring DJ for quite... Uh, quite a long time. Yeah, yeah. So going into COVID, were you just like, holy fuck, what is going on? Or were you ready for it? Mm. I mean, at first, of course, all the horrible shit that it caught. Let's just take all that away. Yeah. Let's take all the bad shit that happened away around the world. Just me personally. I was very, I was ecstatic about not having to leave the house for a year and a half. Yeah. Like, I know it, it hit a bunch of intercities hard and stuff like that, but taking that out of it, it just, like... Okay, so, like, you can tour a lot and do all this stuff and may, maybe have a month off, but it's not actually off because you're always making music. You're o- you're always thinking about the next six moves. Yeah. So your brain is never actually... On, your body has a break, but your brain never does. But that was the first time I was just like, I don't give a, a shit. I can make what I want when I want. I don't have to worry about release schedules or like, hey, we're trying to do a lot of shows in June, so maybe I should drop a bunch of music in the beginning of the year and start pushing stuff up. Mm-hmm. You, I got to actually be like Josh. Yes. No That's figure nice. stuff. Didn't have to worry about it. I feel like a lot of people who I've spoken with who have been doing the circuit for quite a long time, like right. you, said very similar things. Yeah. Where they finally got a chance to be like, 
okay, project separation, personal life separation, yeah. and breathe. Yeah. And that's a moment that I feel like in this industry, from an outside perspective, a lot of people don't understand right. that you never get a chance to breathe. No. No. You know? And yeah. where are you from? Uh, Evansville, Indiana. No way. I was born in Gary. Are you so, serious? So wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, Gary I, doesn't fuck around. It's Gary so, does it, not fuck around. It gets very dangerous around there Yeah. Sometimes. Gary, Maryville, Valpo, South Bend. Yeah. Family, family, family. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. No, that's wild. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's nice. Like, it gives you time to just hang. Did yeah. You, did you just stay at home? Did you yep. go on any adventures? Went hiking a couple times. Nice. Um, no, I didn't, I didn't, I just stayed at home. Yeah. But I, I've like curated this environment for myself in my house where I don't need to leave like I don't need to leave that's amazing at all and it's kind of the reason why I haven't done the whole typical move to any other bigger city which I understand why people do it and there is benefit there's benefits you know mm-hmm. for people's career there but I'm always touring so much that I don't want to go home and like deal, have to deal with tons of traffic it takes two hours to get to the grocery no. it's a bunch of hustle and bustle a bunch of noise and stuff so with that being said, I've just always made like my focus of like like my house looks like the inside of my brain. So I just I don't know, I've just made it very, Paint very a picture com- for me. It does it look like I'm stepping into like Halloween Town House? Like, did, yeah, like does kinda, is that how yeah. that feels like? Kinda. Um, but not Halloween decorations. Okay. Like like aesthetic. A lot of taxidermy, oh, a lot wow. of stuff like that. Okay. Like my old family piano, my old family organ. A lot of there's a lot of wood in the house. Yeah, like it's a it's built in like 1910. Your house haunted? No, it's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, my friends are sitting right there. Fucking no, it's weird. There's, really? People died in the house before. Oh my god. Um, oh. A lot of weird stuff happens all the time, and it's very typical me to say that about my house being yeah. like the Halloween guy or whatever. And until you stay there, and shit, you'll just like look in the kitchen. And one of the cabinets will just all open. Fuck no. All the way. Or just a lot of stuff happens. Like, I'll walk into rooms, especially our our weird, creepy-ass basement. And um, I'll just walk there. I'll, I'll walk downstairs. And the moment I get past where I could, like, mess with the lights, breakers always just blow. And it's Holy dead dark. Shit. I mean, it's like a... It's it's a torture basement. Like it looks really fucked. I, That's just, shit, so j- crazy. There's there's so there's so many stories. But um, and we have I all think the. It's gu- an Indiana thing, to be honest. Yeah. Because yeah. when I was born, my mother told me that the house we lived in was on an Indian graveyard, yeah. and she said the spirits were nice. However, right. she would hear them walk up and down, and she would hear them walk down the hallway when sure. I was like sleeping yeah. in my crib. Right. And like she was just. She was just like, it's just an Indiana thing. But yeah. I can understand. Do you, since you've created like such this, like such this atmosphere and environment where you live in, do you like fuel that into your music that you make? And like, is your studio in your house? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. And my studio looks like it's really comfortable, but it looks like my catalog. We're really getting music. this thunderstorm right now. I love now. it. I love it, it. It's perfect. It's so relaxing. No, it's yeah. wonderful. I know your your buddies with Brandon Swarm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he played, we both played at Sunset Music Festival, which was our first festival back about two years ago. And right when he came on stage, he just had this huge thunderstorm above him. 
And then when he was done, it went it away. Stopped. It was that's super on brand for him. It too. was super on brand. That's for awesome. Him. And now we have this shit happening, and we're like, oh, here we go. Da 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 da. Is everything okay, guys? All right, we're good. Okay, just making yeah. sure. I know the range. You never breaks. know. Like, you never know. Yes. I, I saw him. I was like, shit. Um, but no, super on brand for him. And I just can't imagine like spending a year and a half kind of in the house that you curated yeah. and just having time there. Right. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, it made me appreciate it even more. And just everything I want to do is there. Like, yes. All my. I mean, that's the dream. Yeah. To not have to leave. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, the thunder, the thunderstorm during a set thing three years ago, two years ago, something like that, uh, happened to me in the most perfect way. It's playing some, it was some festival in, in, um, somewhere in Europe. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> my last song was, uh, Slayer Raining Blood. Oh, no way. And literally right when the song actually came in, that was it, it immediately poured to the point, just instant mud everywhere. And that's all, like, I was getting tweets, like, all these tweets and, like, French and shit, and they're basically just saying, like, did you really just do that? And I was like, like, no, it was a coincidence, but I could have not asked for. That's amazing. That's the epitome of, like, taking your visuals off the screen. Right. And you have and nature just, like, just coming in clutch. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And, and I mean, what you were saying about having, like, the organ and the piano yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. We were talking about in your green room earlier that you come from from metal rock, yeah. Yeah? yeah. So so tell me about this because I would love to know this transition and how you got into EDM from right. from metal and rock. Well, I come from a couple different things, okay. and it was all equally as important at the same time. Yeah, which actually caused a lot of like weird inner turmoil when you're growing up and trying to identify who you are. Yeah. Like you feel like you need to put a sticker on yourself, kind of. Yeah. But uh, I grew up always listening to metal and old punk and stuff. But I was a hip hop kid. Yeah. Like, okay, I, okay. Like I started. The reason I started DJing was literally just to learn how to scratch. And I started making music because I just wanted to make hip hop. So I bought an MPC 2000. Got these floppy disks and shit like that. Yeah. But I was also listening to metal. I just never considered making any of it. Uh-huh. But it was just these two personalities that I had that like. They're so contrasting. They're so different. Yeah. Like, I literally had all my hip-hop friends I would go to shows to. And then I had my friends that we would go to our metal shows and beat the shit out of each other at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just, I guess in a way, there's not much transition from the metal. It's more so all the darker, the darker vibes and just the more, like, DIY aesthetic. Yeah. That I... I try to do 90% of the time, like, only I release all my own music. I try to own all my own music. Don't work with too many other labels. Some, yeah. Sometimes I do, but um, just try to handle it all, and that's how I always thought that, like, early punk and early metal was, you know. Yeah. Like, I don't even spend that. I know how to master well, but I like my shit running hot and kind of nasty. Yeah. Because that's, like, the old metal I like. Yeah. I'm just not too focused on the super nerdy aspects of it. Yeah. But... The whole transition was really like I heard very very early dubstep, and it sounded like hip hop beats to me. It, hurt, it sounded like shit I would buy yep. at scratch records that would just come with one side of noises and one side of beats to scratch to, and just like early like Joker and Benga and like Youngsta and all these people like yeah they just Pokey made yeah and yeah all those guys. and I yep. was just like this is this just sounds like hip hop beats. I'm gonna go ahead and make that. But then I just was like, but I'm going to make it hip-hop speed. 
whatever that means. But so then that's where kind of the drum step stuff started. So I just wanted to make dubstep, but at take these influences from this side. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and no. you know, that was it. And that's still awesome. kind of how I look at it. It's just like I'm just going on stage and playing a bunch of like bunch of instrumentals. Yep. It's just a bunch of beats. So at what point did you feel like? you needed to have this visual representation such as the television show right. go along with your music after like seven years of just kind of just touring you know okay. and then people started doing visual like I saw Jeff do his the first uh, what's it called the executioner yep and I was like wait that it's just a projector onto plywood that you painted white oh shit holy shit why didn't I do like yeah. Damn it. And then, like, a bunch of other people, like, Troy did the Vortex thing, and all these people, like, TerraVision came out before Vortex, but, like, just all these people doing this stuff, and it wasn't too much overhead, and it wasn't too expensive. No. And then I realized uh, I have all this, the theme of it all just sitting there waiting for me. Of course it's going to be a bunch of scary movies. Yeah. Of course it's going to be all that. And then it just, and I, I just edit I edit like 80% of the video when I don't have time. I send the clips to one of my friends. Yes. And he's I, he knows how I edit. Yeah. So he sends it back and I'm like, you did exactly what I would have done. Thank you. But like, I edit it all myself. It's very easy to change. Like, if I had two hours right now, I could do a new television set for tonight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If I had all the clips. But it was just, I didn't want to spend a lot of money on stage production because I felt like it was... It, too many people saw, started doing it yes. and it became you weren't shit if you weren't doing something else but DJing mm-hmm. so I just wanted to add the most natural like third limb yeah. to the to the body of the show and I was just like here's scary scary uh, horror movie music and here's some scary horror movies here's it's, some scary sounds it makes sense here you go yeah, yeah. and it just it like wrote itself because the, the music was already there and I was like what visuals am I going to make for this song I made called Freddy Cougar like Oh yeah, I'm gonna go. It was just, it just made sense. Did you ever run into any issues, like from a copyright standpoint, where you could no. not display those? Um, there's a lot of gray area. Okay. I'll say that, but because I'm not selling the, I'm not selling it. Correct. But I am selling tickets. So that's where that gray. To the show. Is. But it's for but. you. Not it just, it for just the depends. Movie. Yeah, I mean, I remember sure. when I was eighteen, yeah. and and that's how I got introduced to you. It was the Halloween show, the figure terror. Oh, really? Show. Yeah, yeah, and and it was just a concept that was adapted, kind of like a stage, you know, kind mm-hmm. of like a production aspect. But it was very like what you said. It was very DIY. Yeah, and it was like this indie indie approach. And I feel like a lot where you've been this established artist for such a long time and like I'm an up-and-comer and I feel like a lot of up-and-comers feel like they can't do it independently. Right. And I feel like that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You could do you could do all the editing and music on that laptop right there. Yeah. I mean, Literally, like, it's all, right, all right, right it's all right there. Yeah. And I feel like that's what's so cool about like our industry whereas, you know, in a band where like I was in a band before you got to have the members, you got to have all this other yeah. shit and it's like you can really just have you and two, three other people. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And that's what's so amazing about, like, the creative aspect that we have here in Basement. There's so much damn freedom. Like, yeah. I mean, when I talk to people that are 
like my friends that are in bands and trying to like make it and they're real they're band, some of them are really really good and all these issues stem from creative differences between five dudes and one of them might have stopped liking a band that was their big influence yeah. or something and now the whole direction has changed the album doesn't come out there's just so much weird shit but. and I feel like as you get older too especially looking at the band perspective people get girlfriends they get wives they yeah. get families yeah. life happens yeah. and it's very hard when that's why I decided to make the switch over here because I felt like until I understood the back end of what a team was right. and creative direction it was like it was up to me if I like flew or fell you know right. which is really dope yeah. Yeah. and I'm finding more through I've done the label things but it's like I like I, I hate how I feel that like labels don't give a shit sometimes and, oh, absolutely. and you know and I want to I want what you have is a whole package you right. know what I'm saying where you have the creative control you do with your master what you want you right. get that grungy shit you don't have somebody telling you at what loudness level to have your shit right. at and all that and it's like that's what I want to do and I feel like it's frowned upon now and it sucks you know yeah I mean that's the weird thing about labels it's ran by a couple dudes most of the time yeah so they have their own opinion on shit and of course yeah because they want to have the look of their own label but then you have all the interns that check music and sometimes maybe they may have woken up in a weird fucking mood. Yeah. Or maybe they're not feeling whatever you're doing, even though they probably would have loved it three days before yeah. if you sent it. Catch people on the wrong day. You could get your breakout single turned down because of someone's vibe. That one. It's it, Yeah, it's, it's a very weird thing. That's what I'm kind of sparing with, with labels. Like, if, if, I play, if I'm making something, I go, this sounds like it should be on Disciple. Yeah. Then I send it to Disciple, and they're like, you're right. So it's, like, even very rare that I even get tunes. They're like, I get music turned down because I'm if I'm going to send it. You have that ear. You I, already, I already know. Like, unless they just don't want to, like, fuck with me at the moment, then I know what I'm, you know what I mean? It's just a very, no, absolutely. I know what dish to serve them. I know, you know. Yeah, and, and I feel like the road that you've taken that, I, I you know, every career does have a shelf life. and oh, yeah. And... Some people really want to just do this as a hobby to get on the touring circuit, have right. two, three years strong, and, you know, maybe not make a lot of money, maybe just be support, right. be done. But I feel like for the long-term goal, you have to have this, like, vision in mind where at the end of the day, you want to be an independent artist that owns your shit. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I feel like you've done that. So for someone like me, what would you say to them to continue pursuing that path of longevity? I don't get to pick a lot of brains of someone like you. A lot I would on it. I would honestly just say like, unless it's someone you really trust and knows what they're talking about, trust and experience are two completely different things. If you can really trust someone and they're get, and you know, they have no ill will and they're telling you some shit, take that into consideration. Otherwise don't fucking listen to people. Don't worry about what else is going on. Because one, it's already going on. So you've missed that wave. It's already happening. You weren't there when it came up. You know what I mean? So like now you're just cop, not you. Yeah, no, I'm just no, saying absolutely. you is, uh, yeah. yes. but now you're just copying what's going on. I, I don't know. I would just say, do exactly what the fuck you want. It might not work, but that doesn't mean that what, that was your one shot. That wasn't your last bullet in the chamber. Yes. Just always focus exactly what you want to do because what if what if you tried some shit that you weren't really about and it blew up and now that's that now that's kind of what you got to do now. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what that's what you're known for now. But yep. I don't know. It's people ask me that kind of question a lot and it's hard to answer cuz I just in general 
I, I mean this in a good way. I don't fuck with the industry, and I don't like electronic music. I don't listen to it yeah. unless it's from someone I like. I like the industry. Obviously, I've met tons of my friends. Yes. But I'm saying I don't. I don't pay attention to it. I don't care about the politics. I don't care. Like someone's like, hey, they want you on this bill, but like. Uh, this person doesn't want to play like before you and I go don't do the show I don't I don't care I'll stay home I don't I don't with all that shit then it gets in my head and then you start thinking about it's like well where am I in my career yeah because yeah. there's an element of your career that you're never going to be able to control because you can't control what promoters actually want to book you you can't control what else the industry's doing that kind of dictates who is going to be interested in you in the first place like, if one promoter is like, ah, oh, sorry, rhythm shows are the only thing popping off. And say that's in, like, Madison, Wisconsin, right? Mm-hmm. That sucks for you because you're probably not going to get booked. But that but that reflects on to you. Like, you think about it and you're like, really? Like, I can't even play fucking Madison, Wisconsin? Like, I don't know. It's just we have control of our career. But also, we're not the boss in a way. Yeah. Like, we don't set... It's a bad analogy. We don't have control where our paintings go and how much they're worth in a way. Yeah. Like you Yeah, I can't I can't make a decision to get bigger. Like I'm just going to keep doing my thing and there could be a weird wave of stuff that I will catch, but if not, like I don't know. I'm happy where I'm at. I don't want to get so big that I'm always gone on a tour bus and shit like that. I'm yeah. fine with this level forever. Yeah. And maybe in two months, like, if I made a weird tweet that pissed a bunch of people off and I went back to only playing, like, 200 capacity, small, like, underground shows, if I can pay my bills, I'm fucking fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'll just sum it up. Just make sure you're always stoked about what you're doing, but always check yourself to make sure it's not based on... Like other people's work, I guess. I don't know. No, and it's a I hard love question that. to like. It is it's a a kind of a hard question. question. It, yeah. It's a really hard question, and I just feel like it's so easy because you you do exist uh, at the at this separate table that's not in this industry. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I like look up to you and admire you because you've done it on your own, and you have this group of supportive friends where you guys click because. You're not trying to get a favor out of him. He's not trying to get a favor out of you. You guys aren't playing bullshit. You guys just fuck with each other because that's who you are. And and I just wish there was more of that. But it's also about just keeping your head down and just doing what you want to fucking yeah. do. And yeah. you're going to find the people who fuck with you. Right. It's not going to be this fake jamboree of bullshit. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a hard question. But you've been, you've been around the wheel a few times. So right. I was interested to pick your mind there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We're the teachers at the end of the day. Yeah. And the crowd is the students. But, like, it's real easy to repeat. I I don't know. No. I'm not going to go further into the analogy, but we're the ones that are supposed to set the example and the trends. Yes. Yes. But when what the crowd is into starts dictating what people are producing. Or, like, here's an example of something... I'm not paying attention to, and it's probably going to hurt all my streams forever, but I don't care. Um, like, labels will say, yes, we'll take this song, but you need to cut the minute, you need to cut a minute off the intro. because I hear that all the time, cut yeah. your intro out. I'm like, no, I love my intro. Yeah. It makes the song breathe. It yeah. gives the song it's life. It's a song. No, we want to start it when DJ the vocals edit. come in. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, we'll make the DJ edit. We'll send that on the promo. But yeah, there and that's kind of like the trend that happened in all the rhythms stuff and all this shit. And like literally within eight seconds of hitting play on the song, the drop already happened. It's not a song; it's a drop. Yeah, that's what we were when we were in like the green room. Then you said something like music. You're like consider about music. I go, I don't consider a lot of this music. No. Like the stuff that's the stuff that is actually made as a tool for a DJ. That's a weird gray area. Is this is this music or is this literally just like a function in MP3 well, to make was, people react? Yeah, it, absolutely. And I was speaking earlier, and I just feel like there's two different types of tracks that come out where like one is like a record and you have a whole breadth and life of a song right and you see that like on albums in our industry yeah. and you see it on maybe concept dps a lot of like your stuff where it's flowing i yeah. consider those records and then you'll see the tracks where it's you've got 32 bars you're into the drop you got a banger you play it for live sets you release it it's got a free yeah. drop open, and that's it yeah you know and there's there's there is a place for both of them yes but I think the more important part is the actual song. Like, I think there's it's, a, it's the difference is there's a song and then there's a track. I think the DJ version type thing that's the tracks, but like music, like music is the only thing that keeps us going at the end of the day. It is, and I feel like yeah. that's why there's such a short shelf life for tracks yeah. because it comes out because in our industry especially like what I hear from like the new person you really got it's, this it's going. going are we okay guys okay alright yeah um, we'll watch it just let me know if it gets bad yeah, we can, like, I don't, I don't want to like keep you guys if, no oh no you're you fine got all this shit. we're yeah. dry I just want to make sure their equipment's okay yep grab it grab it yep that's what it's there for it's storming. You made it storm. I love it. It feels way it. better out really right now. It really does. It's honestly going to cool down like 10 degrees yeah. after this. But um, what I was saying about the shelf life is like, that's why I feel like from an up-and-comer, it's like you're being told you got to keep momentum. You got to keep releasing. Right. Da, 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 get your singles lined up right. for nine months and all this shit. And it's because all of these tracks aren't given time to breathe because they're not records. They're not right. songs. Right, right, right. And I feel like but then I feel like when you do release a song, if you don't have the best platform and the most sturdy platform to stand on, right. they disappear. And, and, and there's so much shit coming out these days, and that's yeah. why people listen to tracks less. Like, they'll listen to, like, a minute and a half on Spotify. There's too many options, so they go to the next one. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, And it's like, even the tracks you sent me, like, they all have this motif and this aura to them right. where it lets the song breathe. And that's where I feel like you get a successful song or a successful record. Right. Because it's so easy to, like, uh, amongst the crowd that I run around in, it's like people are making songs for you to play out, for Excision to play right, out, right. for whoever to play out that's a headliner. But it's like, at what point do you step back and you say, hey, no, I want to be the person performing on stage. Right. I don't want Excision. Because what's the value to yourself? If Excision's just going to play it out, and why would they book you if they could just book Excision right. to, to play your track? Right, right. You know? So, and and that's what you did with the visuals and just, like, sticking to your own thing. But you were also in the game a lot earlier than how saturated it is now. Right. So, when That's you, the nice thing I'm, like, yeah. grandfathered in. Yeah. Because if yeah. I came up now, I don't think there would be that much interest because it's not current sounding. Right? It's not... Well, that's another thing about making... Like, to touch on, like, getting... Finding a medium ground where, like, 
maybe with current trends, this, your songs work, right? Not you, but like. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. But when it sounds so current that it's obviously following A some train. hype train, yep. it puts an instant fucking timestamp on it. And you can listen and go, oh, yeah, that definitely came out in 2019. But when you make something that doesn't have a timestamp and it has just more of a timeless, like, this could be 10 years old or this could literally be a week old, I, I don't know. That's always what I try to strive for of, like, I want this to always work. I, I, I don't know, like... No, it's but that's when, yeah. like, it's, it's hard to look at EDM. There's some people, like, I look at Skrillex, I look at Noisia, I look at Pendulum, and and they're kind of like the OGs in my mind, but getting away from EDM, it's like, you know, we'll listen to Van Halen or mm. Journey or Cher or Heart or well, Counting Crows. Timeless. And they're timeless. Yeah. Put them on on the radio. Put them on out there right. for an, a DJ edit. Everyone fucking knows it. Yeah. And people just don't make those kind of songs now. Right. And I get we're not in that industry right. or the genre, but me even listening to alt rock or the new indie, right. people aren't making songs like that. I think about like Brand New or Law Dispute or like people like that. And right. it's like they stuck in their own lane, but they're they're not being played like uh, Aerosmith or like something right. like that. Right. And I just don't know if we're in a different time in music where there's just so many artists now that it'll never be like that again yeah. or we have to get past it. Well, it's that and it's like it's a the rat race is way more full now. Yeah. There's two so they're doing everything they can to make sure they get as much play radio play or whatever. So a lot of the, a time a lot of the times that can hinder the track. Just like what we're talking about with editing tracks so people will listen to it more on Spotify and stuff like that. Like that's what radio bands are doing. You know, there's yeah. like there's no. I mean, what was it? Um, I think it was a Led Zeppelin song, or it was a some weird Black Sabbath edit that they played on this college radio station. The uh, the um, the uh, like a couple weeks ago. Okay. And it was like a fucking 13 minute song. And then afterwards, I sat back and I was like, that used to be on the radio. On real, this is just a college kid playing some shit, you know. But like, I was like, that song used to be on mainstream radio. A 13-minute song. And now they're like, three minutes, three minutes, 13 seconds, or like, get the fuck out. I listen to songs that are a minute, a minute and a half. And you're just like, how can you even have a song structure? Right. You know, it's just not even special here, you know. But it's it's thank you for letting me pick your mind on that because yeah, I do appreciate yeah. it because I really hope that we get to this point where the people in my generation are able to understand that like all of these outside factors that are driving mm-hmm. what we make and how short we make it, how long we make it, it's all bullshit long term. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because also that that just that trend just started. Yeah. And if you follow a trend, by the time you learn how to make that trend and learn that mix down it's, technique, it's gonna be you're gone. Already, it's it's past. You're it's already past. Yeah, and that's why yeah. I feel like you see, like, like I'm t- I just turned 24, but like I look at like some outliers that are like 16, 17 mm-hmm. years old, and they just went in the doll and they didn't know about music. They just right. experimented, and that's when you get these people like more kismet and, yeah. and people who just they did whatever the fuck they wanted to do. Yeah. But that's you know that should be a limit of saying okay when you produce like. You should know the rules, but don't be afraid to break them or try some new shit. Yeah, exactly. That's how yeah, you get just find your stuff. find your own route. And the the one of the huge differences from when I came up to now is when I came up, there was literally there was not YouTube tutorials. There was like 
10 preset packs you could get for massive yeah. and like fma back in the day it wasn't a thing you had to find your own sound there was no way around it you could try to copy early stuff but there wasn't that many people around so yeah it didn't it didn't fucking work out you try to copy one of Skrillex's first tracks when it came out four months later you're just gonna get shit on like yeah. no one cared because every there was literally like 20 popular dubstep producers at one you know what I mean yes other other than all the like the OGs in London and all, all that stuff I mean like in America like they were, everyone had their own sound and there was no real way to learn how to super copy anyone other than general like reverse engineering stuff but but now it's just you can look up how to make some of the craziest shit that should take five years of nerdy sound design to finally stumble stumble across the process of making this thing or or just download these preset preset packs don't edit them and just use them exactly how why so many people sound like other people exactly and it's just it's just reusable music that's not even special in, in any shape way or form in my yeah. in my mind and, you know music's music like everyone's art should be respected don't right. get me wrong but it's like if you're taking the, the drum loops and then you're just putting the preset in and you're not doing anything do it post-processing yeah. sampling yeah. making it your own finding what you want to add your unique stamp it's going to be hard yeah it's gonna it's gonna be fucking real hard for them to stick around because it's not memorable it just r- reminds you of the real version of whatever you're jocking yeah but yeah when there ends up being 16 carbon copies of stuff it's not. There's that one saying like, "No one remembers the people that tried to be the Beatles." Yeah. Or something, some shit no, like that. That's like, great. there's a bunch of bands that tried to be the Beatles. Absolutely. F- fucking name me one. Right. <laughs> like, I can't name me someone that sounded just like the Beatles and pulled it off. Like it, that, it doesn't. That's work. why I feel like so many of them are so timeless because yeah. they were one of a kind. Yeah. And, and especially, I feel like in this industry, it is very easy to copy. And and you think yeah. of things that yeah. like you necessarily didn't have around that time, like YouTube, like yeah. Splice, like all these production schools, all of this yeah. shit, where it's just people teaching their methods. And it's so easy for a kid to say, "Oh, okay, I'm just going to copy what he's doing, and I'll do it, and right. I'll be okay," right. you know. And and it's just um, it's an interesting back end. But yeah. anyways, I'm um, I'm really glad you're back. Are you happy to be back? Do you yeah. do you feel rested? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, That's good. it took that first show, the one we did together. Yeah, no, it, I was sitting back for the like the year and a half, whatever, off, and I go, I think I see the end of the road for this, because I just got my own head, like head, yeah. and not in a sad way. I go, I think I've done what I could do, and just I was like, I'm gonna stop at because this is Monsters Twelve this year. I was like, I'm gonna stop at thirteen, and just like bow out on a high note, but still do shows here and there, but like yeah. not make it my life anymore. Um, I'm acting like I'm old. I'm 35. Like, Latiesto's like 60 and he's still fucking touring more than <laughs> any of us. Yeah. Like, um, but, uh, and I was like, yeah. And my girlfriend was like, if that's what you feel like, she's like, did you save enough money? Like, to, it's not retiring, but I was yeah. just like, I think I'm just going to bounce out for a little bit. Uh, maybe for, I don't know. But then that show came up and I was like, I guess, let's try. And then I started. Well, they getting, loved you and it's a great venue. But then I started getting excited start getting my set together and I was like what the fuck was I thinking yeah <laughs> fucking I mean I guess if that's the worst thing that happened during COVID was I question like how long should I tour fine I didn't get depressed or fucking anything like nothing bad happened that's I great. fucking enjoyed myself so much but yeah um no but yeah I'm fun. happy to be back it's fucking fun Good. like a lot of this is my second show back but this is all my friends are like yeah this is my first one back yep and 
the funny thing is, like, today's lineup, most of all of us are actually friends. Yeah. We're not just, like, associates, like, yeah, fucking, we, we, we've got drunk together. Like, yeah. a lot of us are actually friends. So Which it's is sick. awesome to see everyone. Yeah, first show back for a lot of people. You get to see everyone again. It's going to be good. Thunderstorming in Florida. Thunderstorm. You got your thunderstorm. <laughs> well, it stopped it's right when we're stopping. Yeah. than during your set. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But when do you play? Eight? Mm-hmm. Going to kill it right here? Um... I think so. No. Vill- no. Village? Do you play Village? Yes. This is not Village. This is like the second stage. It's like forbidden. I, pl- I think we played the smallest stage. They're all huge. Yeah. From my understanding. I well, it's the stage. I'm just basing it on it's the it's the, the bottom vill- list. I'll be there. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. This is my last one for a while. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah. yeah I'm uh I'm excited to work on that track. I got studio time next week. Hell yeah. So Hell yeah. we'll get it, we'll get it going. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah, that was fun. We're Thank good. you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the XO Podcast. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you that are return listeners and viewers. It means the world to me. And do not forget to check out my Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane for a first opportunity to hear these podcasts ad-free. Give us some input who you want to see on the podcast, ask questions, one-on-one lessons, group lessons, live streams, and so much more. This is Lizzie Jane, and I'll see you next week for another episode of the XO Podcast.